Welcome to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast, a podcast produced with students at UMMC. My name is Tim Chen, and I'm a former graduate of the UMC Medical School. Currently, I'm a family physician practicing in Mississippi. The goal of our podcast is to help our students and their families grow closer with the Lord and stronger in their faith and walk with God. With the rigors of school, it can be difficult to spend time with the Lord as well as fellowship with other believers. We hope that this podcast uplifts you during this challenging time and encourages you in your journey with God. Welcome back to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast. We are trucking along here in the book of Galatians, one of my favorite books of all time because of the major impact it had on my Christian life. And of course, I'm here with Christian again. Christian, how are you doing? How was your week? I'm doing well, Tim. Thank you. Uh, Just another week. Uh, enjoying the Lord in a normal way, trying to take every opportunity to receive some dispensing. Amen. Well, Christian, today we are going to be really getting into this matter of dispensing, which another way to put it is God's pouring out of himself to his believers. Specifically, we want to, again, remind all our listeners what the goal of Galatians is. So Christian, Do you mind just recapping everything so far up to now? And again, why Paul is doing this and what's the focus? Sure. I've enjoyed getting into Galatians so far, and it's really been Paul, the apostle here, giving his own testimony, uh, even giving a story about interaction with the apostle Peter, but uh, really fighting for the believers fighting for the Galatian believers because they were were distracted. They were even being kind of led away to to follow the law again, the Judaistic law. And that became a distraction, a replacement for Christ. And that's very applicable to us today, still, very much. And so Paul in chapter 1 and 2, that was his, his testimony, his story, and eventually he, he begins to really focus on Christ, right? By the end of chapter two, it's no longer I, but Christ, Christ who lives in me. And Paul's really magnifying Christ uh, in these few chapters. And so in chapter three, um, an important point is that Christ was the promised blessing of Abraham. Christ, who is the life in the spirit today, he's the promised blessing of Abraham, the, the promise to Abraham that his seed would become a blessing to all the nations, all people, not just the chosen Abrahamic race, the Jewish people, right? So today we all can receive uh, this blessing and we are blessed. I think an important point from the beginning of chapter four that we were enjoying is as ones who've received the Spirit, we're now genuine sons of God. We've received the Spirit into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. And that's very sweet, perhaps a revelation for us that we're, we're really sons of God. So now we're, we're uh, getting to the end of chapter 4, and uh, Paul is he's doing some interpretation here. You're exactly right, Christian, and I really appreciate that opening that you had because, you know, when you first said the word dispensing, it's not a common word that people hear all the time. 
But when you read Galatians, you start realizing that God only has one thing He wants to give us. He doesn't really give us peace per se, or give us patience, or give us love per se as an object of itself. But He only gives us His Son. He gives us Christ, and Christ, who is now operating as the Spirit, which we've talked about in the Book of Philippians. This Christ is so available to us. This Christ is everything to meet our needs. So you think I need more patience, I need more forgiveness, I need more kindness, I need more love. God said, "Yes, yes, yes." Here's Christ. I am dispensing Christ to you, so that in Him you have all these things. And I really appreciate where we are today, because, like you said, Paul now is interpreting an Old Testament story again to emphasize that no, we don't need our own effort to keep the law. What we need is Christ. And why is that? It's because Christ is not just what God is giving us; Christ is actually our source. And so we will be getting into that matter a lot today. In Galatians twenty-one through thirty-one. Now we won't read all the verses, but we'll read a good chunk of them. But for those who aren't familiar with the story of Sarah and Hagar and Abraham, I recommend you going back to read Genesis sixteen because this is where Paul is pulling from. Do you mind reading Galatians twenty-one through twenty-six, and then chapter four twenty-eight through twenty-nine? Yes, I I've got it here. Okay, this is Galatians chapter four, verses starting with verse twenty-one. Tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one of the maid servant and one of the free woman. However, the one of the maid servant was born according to the flesh. But the one of the free free woman was born through promise. These things are spoken allegorically, for these women are two covenants: one from Mount Sinai, bringing forth children unto slavery, which is Hagar. Now this Hagar is Sinai, the mountain in Arabia, and, and corresponds to the Jerusalem which now is, for she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, which is our mother. Verse twenty-eight, but you brothers, in the way Isaac was, are children of promise. But just as at that time he who is born according to the flesh persecuted him who is born according to the spirit, so also it is now. Amen, Christian. Thank you so much for reading those verses. Well, again, I just want to recap what we're reading here. In Genesis 16, Abraham had received the promise from God that he would be the father of a multitude of nations, that he would have a land, and his descendants would be as plenty as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. And of course, this is awesome, and Abraham was super excited. But time had gone by, and Abraham still had no seed. And so, in Genesis 16, Abraham's wife Sarah told Abraham, "You know what?" Take my maid servant Hagar and just have a seed through her, so that essentially let's get this ball rolling. God made us a promise; He promises a seed. Obviously, it's not coming from me, is what Sarah is probably saying. So just take Hagar. 
And so Abraham followed that advice and through Hagar had a son Ishmael. But this was a big problem, even a big hindrance for God's plan in the future. Even today, the descendants of Ishmael are the Muslims, the Muslim nation. And even today, they continue to fight against the children of Israel. So that is one way Abraham tried to get a seed. The second way, though, was once he was well past his years, no way he or his wife could ever have a child. God came, and it says he came in his timing. And Sarah bore a son, and that was Isaac. And Isaac was the one that God was looking for. Isaac was the one that Abraham had no way to do on his own, no way biologically, no way physically. He essentially had given up. Uh, this one was the one that God chose to bring forth the children of Israel. So this is a really marvelous story. But Christian, there are some deeper truths that we see here. Anything you want to expound on? Yeah, I, um, I'm glad the Apostle Paul here is interpreting for us this story, right? It, it, it could, could have just been a story like, wow, like look at Sarah and Abraham trying to fulfill God's promise their own way. And then, and then you have Hagar and Ishmael. And now look at all the problems that that caused. You know, that, that could have been it. But Paul sees something a little deeper here, right? And even ap applicable to uh, us, the believers. He he says that Hagar, that whole situation was her children, her child was born according to the flesh. So that's a very interesting phrase, born according to the flesh. And then Isaac, the child of Sarah, was, uh, he was born through promise. So he was born through promise. That's in verse 23. And it also says that he was born uh, according to the spirit, right, in verse 29. So we have a contrast here, the flesh versus the promise and the flesh versus the spirit. So what does that kind of equate to, you know, in, in the context of what Paul's been talking about? And He's again, he's referring to the law. And, you know, the way I, I think I've been trying to wrap my head around it is the law, it, it, the whole kind of situation of Abraham having a child through Hagar, that just typifies what the law is. It's just struggling to fulfill God's promise your own way, basically. And it's not satisfactory and there's issues with that, right? Um, versus, you know, what, what God ultimately wanted uh, was through the promise, through the spirit. And literally, like you had mentioned, Abraham and Sarah, they, they actually literally couldn't even have a child. They're, Abraham was 100 and Sarah was 90. But God had promised. And so, you know, however that miracle happened, the kind of New Testament principle that Paul's bring out here is that was through the spirit and so then that kind of translates to us you know trying to live the christian life is it struggling again according to the law no it's living according to the spirit uh, allowing god to dispense himself into us 
as a spirit and living by this divine supply instead of struggling in our flesh. So hopefully uh, some of that <laughs> uh, made <laughs> some sense. No, Christian, that actually made perfect sense because you're exactly right. The picture of Hagar shows a person who is trying to fulfill God's promise, but according to their flesh, which oftentimes in our concept, we read the Bible, we think the flesh as only as something ugly, right? So yes, if you are committing gross sins or you're, you know, murder, lying, cheating, stealing, these are from the flesh. And those are, but in this context, trying to fulfill God's promise according to your best intentions is also still the flesh. And essentially what was happening to the Galatians believers is they were living according to the flesh. Yes, they were regenerated. Yes, they believed in Jesus. Yes, they loved Jesus. But at the same time, they were trying to fulfill God's law according to their own effort. And this, according to the picture, is the old covenant. And that was why Paul was so upset. Paul did not want the Galatian believers to fall back into the old covenant because that was a covenant under slavery. But rather, Paul wanted the Galatian believers to enjoy the new covenant. The new covenant means that we no longer live, but Christ lives in us. It's essentially what Galatians 2.20 says. It is also what Galatians 4.19 says, which is, Christ is being formed in us. And now that we have this wonderful Christ, this wonderful spirit living inside us all the time, we are not trying to fulfill God's promise according to our flesh. Rather, we are trying to live Christ day by day and moment by moment. And in this living, this living automatically fulfills God's law and automatically fulfill God's promise. You know, Christian, I have read this before in a Christian commentary, and I'm just paraphrasing, but essentially it says, God does not care so much what you can do as much as he cares who you are. So what that means is to God, the person is more important than the work. If he has the right person, meaning he has the person that has denied himself, a person that has taken up his cross and realized that he has no nothing that he can offer to God. And this person now fully lives a life dependent on the Spirit, but also out from the Spirit. This one, God can do a lot with. But if he has someone who is very capable, maybe a talented speaker or a very compassionate person or a very caring person that does so much good works, yet this person is trying to do it all according to his own effort and flesh. The Lord still cannot use that person. And I think this is such a good picture because again, this is a matter of two different sources, two different covenants. Yes, the outward works might be the same. Yes, outwardly, they both produce the seed, but one was according to God and one was not. You know, as you're speaking, I just, I was considering that I think this is a, this is a really important principle in our Christian service, you know, as we're learning to serve the Lord out of our love for him and kind of our response to him. 
and our, is our serving in our flesh or is it according to the spirit? And I was considering my own experience when I'm, you know, it's, it's hard to tell like what's the source in a, in a sense. It's hard to tell like what's the source of my serving. But I will say like, and by the Lord's mercy, uh, I've multiple times I've been led to the experience where I basically I burn out in something I'm trying to serve the Lord with or doing something and, and I burn out. And that's a surefire, that, that's a telltale sign. The, the source of whatever that was, was the flesh. And there was no grace. There was no supply or, or, or perhaps there once was supply and there no longer is, you know, and that's kind of the Lord's leading us in, in a way. Uh, I, I like to say where there is the divine demand, there's the divine supply. And, you know, sometimes we put demands on ourselves that the Lord's not demanding from us. And hopefully the Lord would expose that. So I'm still learning. I'm, I'm a learner along with all the, you know, all our fellow believers, just how to serve. And that's one thing I've noticed. We, we have to serve according to grace, according to the supply from the Lord, or else we'll burn out or else we'll, you know, uh, you know, blame this and that and become very bitter. So anyways, uh, may, may the Lord continue to train us to be ones who live according to our spirit, uh, to be ones who serve according to our spirit. Amen. Christian, we'll wrap it up there because I think if our listeners can really get this point, it will really save them a lot of issues in their Christian life. It will save us from falling kind of into the trap that the Galatians believers had to become ones that are either serving completely in their flesh, or like you said, Christian, they're burned out and they don't want to serve God anymore at all. They are content just sitting in a pew every Sunday and listening to a message or maybe be entertained for about an hour or two, maybe something on Wednesday, and that's it. And Paul was fighting so hard to prevent that from happening. Rather, he would have us as ones that are always burning in spirit. And burning in spirit doesn't mean being weird and awkward and eyes glowing and wings coming out, but burning in spirit means someone who is always in contact with God. And so everything he does and everything he speaks and everything he he lives, essentially it's Jesus living again on the earth. And this is what God is looking for. This is that new covenant. This is being a seed of promise. This is essentially the contrast of what God is looking for versus what is considered a religious system. Well, Christian, we are moving on into Galatians 5 next week, and I feel like a lot of our listeners are very familiar with Galatians 5, dealing with things like the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit, but I think that will further solidify what Paul is talking about here, that we are ones that bear fruit not from ourselves, but bear fruit from the Spirit, and that even our good effort flesh can get in the way of us truly experiencing God in full. It's definitely not trying harder to please God or do what we think God wants us to do, but learning 
to enjoy the Lord more. That's what I would say. Amen, Christian. Thanks for your time. Amen. My goal is God himself, not joy nor peace, nor even blessing but himself, my God. This is to lead me here, not mine, but his. And at any cost, dear Lord, by any road. So faith bounds forward to his goal in God And love can trust the Lord to lead